in the U.S., we're taught like, okay, you have to follow this traditional path. You have to go to university and you have to get good grades and then you have to get this job that sounds good on paper and then you have to get promoted and then you have your pension, right? Like no one says, hey, listen, like if you're passionate about something, you should pursue it. Who cares if the money's not there? Eventually it'll work out. Like maybe some people get that kind of advice, but I definitely didn't coming from an immigrant family. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our 9 to 5. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I speak with Elena, who is a digital nomad and travel hacker from New York City. Elena works at a personal finance company based out of San Francisco as a travel rewards writer and has a coaching business where she teaches women how to travel the world in luxury on miles and points for next to nothing. So listen on to find out how Elena uses her travel hacking skills to see the world. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited for my guest today. I'm here with Elena. Hey Elena, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. It was so exciting to talk to you. Elena and I actually met on Clubhouse and she has such an interesting journey and story on how she became a digital nomad. And I wanted her to be here to share with us all of her crazy, crazy life turns and how she got to where she is. So Elena, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? So I was born in Russia. I moved to New York with my mom when I was eight. My mom was a single mom. And growing up in New York, I definitely felt like there was this big focus on having to be successful. And my family, of course, you know, they were like, okay, you know, when you go to college, you have to pick a job, doctor, lawyer, finance. I never really thought for myself. So I kind of just went into finance blindly because I was good in math. And I thought, okay, well, this is the career I'm going to take. I became a CPA. I was working at a big accounting firm. And then I just realized like I didn't like it. So then I went into finance and into banking thinking maybe I was going to be happier. And I just wasn't. On paper, everything looked perfect. And I was living this lifestyle and living in a great apartment in Manhattan. And I had all the material things I could want, but inside I wasn't happy. Like I didn't care about climbing the corporate ladder and I wanted to change my life, but I didn't know how I did what a lot of people who live in New York and want to quit their job, but don't know how to do it. You know, I just like decided, okay, I'm going to go back to school. And um, instead of just selling all my stuff, quitting my job and getting rid of my apartment and traveling the world, I just said, okay, well, Um, I'm just going to study for the GMAT and go to grad school so that I could have that experience that way, but also still be able to improve my resume just in case if I ever wanted to go back to finance, I totally could. And 
I just realized now when I look back, I'm like, okay, I didn't need to go to school to do that. But at the time, that's kind of like how I felt like I had to justify it to myself, which is actually kind of unfortunate that I just didn't want to like, just take that chance. But anyways, I decided to go back to school. I moved to London. I went to LSE for a master's. And when I was in London, I went on this thing called the Nomad Cruise, which is basically like the conference for people who want to be entrepreneurs and digital nomads. And I came across a huge community of people who work remotely, who have their own businesses, who just travel the world while making money. And I was just overwhelmed thinking like, oh my God, this is amazing. I don't have to just like stay in London or go back to New York. I could live anywhere. And now I have this huge community of people that I know all around the world that are doing this, that I can go to for advice, for inspiration, whatever. After that, I basically, it kind of coincided with all my exams ending. I gave up my apartment and I just started traveling the world. After graduation, instead of looking for a job, actually, I had a job that I turned down in London. And I just said, okay, like, I'm just going to travel the world and see what happens. And, you know, at that point, I was just kind of like living in South America, I had a community of friends around me, all those who are digital nomads working remotely. And during that time was just like the first time I ever had that kind of freedom in my schedule where I could just be creative and explore. And it's just something that I always wanted. So during that time, I started freelancing using my hobby, which is travel hacking. So I started doing that and making some money. I also launched like a graphic design business by accident, kind of. Um, It just like happened as a little thing during a hackathon. Mm -hmm. So now that's its own like passive income stream, which is great. And yeah, I mean, since then I was based, this was like, I started travel, like I gave up my apartment in London in April, 2008. 18. So I was basically just traveling the world as a nomad, either freelancing or working remotely. Like I got a remote job in August 2019. So basically, like until COVID changed everything, I was just traveling full time as a nomad, living out of my suitcase, like loving life. During my travels, I also went to Amsterdam and I fell in love with the city. So I decided to move there. I decided to make that my home base. And so in August, I moved to Amsterdam, theoretically. Um, I mean, I just got there. And, um, you know, now I have residency, and I'm living there and seeing how I like it if I want to actually like commit to making that a permanent home base. But yeah, I mean, I'm still traveling, but definitely not as much. Obviously, COVID has put a damper on things. It's, you know, I I don't want to be unsafe. Being a nomad and having this lifestyle, it just opens your eyes to so many different opportunities, especially now with COVID affecting things so much and other people, everyone's working remotely from their house. And, you know, this lifestyle that used to be so niche and so, um, you, you know, like what before when you would say to people like your work from home to them, they would just think like, oh, okay, you're spending all day just like not really doing anything. But now I think people are really starting to understand like, okay, working from home, you're still working. Like when you work online, you still have a real job. And I think, you know, COVID has brought working from home and working remotely and this lifestyle to the mainstream, which, you know, I'm happy to see that this lifestyle is becoming much more popular. Yeah, there's so much there to unpack. I mean, just from the beginning of your story, Elena, like you coming from Russia, coming here. I mean, you and I are similar. We're both immigrants, right? And the first thing, the first experience when you're immigrating from a country when in terms of travel is not to like travel for leisure. It's more for like a better life for yourself, for your family. So it's so interesting 
when you finally find travel as something more, as something that you can actually enjoy and not something that's scary or that's going to take you from everything that you know. And then after that, it actually allowed you to have more freedom with yourself. So it's so interesting how travel can be so different for so many people or it can even be different in different parts of our life. So I love your whole journey, your story and sharing that with us. So thank you for that. And I'm really curious with you because when you went to that nomad cruise and you finally saw that it could be possible to do this and work from anywhere, what was it like for you to finally make that decision, right? And not to have that stable job that most people think about when they see nine to fives. What was it like for you to transition to finally looking for something that would allow you more freedom and become a digital nomad? You know, it's, it's an interesting question because, um, when I went on that, when I went to that event, um, so this, when I went on that cruise, it was during the time when classes already ended. So like, I wasn't working. It wasn't like I was at this pivot right where I kind of had to say like, okay, I've just had this experience. Should I quit my job because I'm ready to live this life? You know, I didn't really have to make any tough choices. I was like, okay, now I'm done with exams. Now I have to do my dissertation. And then when I'm done with that, I could continue traveling. I could meet up with my, with my new friends. So I had time to let this absorb, but I think it was when I graduated and then there was this opportunity of a job in London that sounded great on paper. And I'm sure it was actually a really cool opportunity but I remember feeling like I still wanted to travel for a few months and I was struggling with how to even tell the company, like, look, I'm not ready to start right now. I want to travel for the next six months. And then when I come back to London, I'm ready to start. And I was like struggling. And I was talking to a lot of people from the Nomad Cruise and just being like, what would you do? Like, what should I do? I like, I was, I needed answers because I think at that point I still wasn't confident enough in myself to say like, okay, no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to figure out any situation. You know, I have my work experience. I can make it no matter what, like whether it's my work experience, my street smarts, my knowledge, like what I want to create. Like I, at that point, I was like still too unsure of myself because I think, you know, in the U S we're taught like, okay, you have to follow this traditional path. You have to go to university and you have to get good grades. And then you have to get this job that sounds good on paper. And then you have to get promoted and then you have your pension, right? Like no one says, Hey, listen, like if you're passionate about something, you should pursue it. Who cares if the money's not there? Eventually it'll work out. Like maybe some people get that kind of advice, but I definitely didn't coming from an immigrant family. So I think it was just this, like, you know, here I am as an adult with a career behind me, but then completely trying to think in a new way. And I think that that was a struggle for me. And I think once I made that decision, it was still like, it still took me time to get comfortable with it. But I definitely had the fact that I didn't have to worry about giving up an apartment. I didn't have any fixed cost. I didn't have to quit a job. It was more like I have to find my own comfort within this new space that I was in. But I also was very unencumbered at the time. Yeah. And that's the thing when you're at a time in your life where you don't have a family to support, maybe you're single or even have a partner, right? And you guys have more freedom. There's 
no better time than now to be able to do this because as you grow older, there's more responsibilities, there's other things that you have to do with your life. So I think that was just at the right point with you, Elena, that you were like, I'm going to take a chance. I'm only living one life. I'm going to do this for myself. And this is really what I want to do. And now here you are, even through the pandemic, living your life, um, you're still able to travel, you're enjoying that freedom that you created for yourself. So looking back when you finally got your first nomadic work, right? And you said it was in 2019. How did you find that job? How did you apply for it? Did you already have the skills or did you have a company that you were already working for and you had to negotiate through all of that to be able to work remotely with them? So I basically created a career out of my hobby. Like my first nomadic thing that actually was paying money so basically, like I was living in Colombia and this like co-living, co-working house and people were like, oh, I'm going to launch a course. I'm going to launch a masterclass. I'm going to launch a program. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, at the time, I, I think it was just like I was surrounded by a group of people who were very ambitious. And I think it like fueled this um, creativity spark in me. And so I remember some people giving me advice, like, you should just look for a remote accounting job, you know, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So I was like, on Instagram, like, looking at something. And I remember seeing like Instagram icons in someone's profile. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not happy with how those look, I want to create a better set. So then I like went on Etsy. And I don't even know what made me think of doing that. because, But I knew that they sold digital products. And I went to see like, what the digital products that were there. And I was like, wait, they don't even have anything that what, what I'm trying to create. So I basically spent the hackathon, like creating this product in Adobe Illustrator and Adobe Photoshop. And I like created my own Etsy store and I posted it there. And, you know, now that's like my, my one of my passive income streams. And I just think like, that was just something I completely created out of nowhere, out of my hobby. And, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have to negotiate with anyone. It's just me. And then I guess like something that's not my own. One of my friends was telling me how he went to a conference and he met the CEO of a company that um, has like a travel hacking blog. And he told me that they were looking for writers. And he's like, you know, when he told me that they were looking for writers, I instantly thought of you because all my friends knew that this has been my hobby for like 10 years, but I actually like never did anything to monetize it. And he's like, would you be interested? interested in writing for them. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I have free time. So then that's kind of like how the whole thing began. So then I started writing for a blog as a freelancer and just writing about all my different travel hacking things. And then they would ask me, hey, can you write about XYZ? So I would. Yeah, that's kind of like how it all began. I love that, Elena. That is incredible. And it's so interesting how life turns out that way, right? When you have a network of people who know your passions, who know what you love to do with your life, and then they spread the word about you, which is so incredible. And that's the really powerful thing about network and having people around you who understand you and, you know, you putting it out there too. And this is the thing, no one will know what you are passionate about, what you love to do if you're not putting it out and no one knows about it. So I really love what, what you did there, Elena. So when you finally started writing for this company, and I want to talk about this and we're going to talk about it in more detail in your extended interview, but one of the things that you write about often is 
miles and points, right? And traveling savvily. So can you tell us more about that and how that became from just something that you did on your own to now being a part of the career that you have as a writer? Yeah, so, you know, I think it's just the way it all happened is kind of interesting, right? Because I got into this so long ago. And, you know, at the time I was working in finance and I remember I would like look online and try to plan my vacation because I didn't love my job. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to spend time planning my next trip. Right. So then somehow I stumbled on this travel hacking information and I was like, wow, there's this like really good credit card offer out there. And then I, then I saw like, oh, you can get 75,000 miles after applying for this credit card and you can apply for two of them. And the minimum spend at the time wasn't even that high. So then I thought, okay, well, let me see if I could get this credit card. And my mom and I had been talking about going on a trip to Europe and growing up with my mom being a single mom, we didn't really get to travel that much. and you know, I thought, okay, well, wouldn't it be great if we could use this to go on vacation together? So I ended up applying for these two credit cards. I had my mom apply for them as well. It was American Airlines credit cards. Using the miles from applying for those credit cards, we flew to London and Amsterdam on British Airways in first class, like round trip. And we ended up staying in a hotel in both cities on points. And again, expensive hotels. Again, we got it for free because of the points. And, you know, after this experience, I was completely hooked. First of all, it was incredible because I got to share this luxurious time with my mom and we had never been able to travel like that. But then also I was like, wait a second, like, I could continue traveling like this. Like I don't have to go back to, you know, booking a thousand dollar economy round trip ticket to Europe. Like I could travel in style if I'm just like savvy. So then I started just absorbing all this information, reading every single blog. And remember, like this was 10 years ago. So this was before a lot of the mediums that we have now. I was like reading a lot of old school stuff. And over all these years, I this is how I started to travel. So by the time that I became a nomad, fast forward, you know, like eight years of doing this hobby, when, you know, when all my friends knew about it, because I would always talk about it, when this website was like, okay, can you write an article about XYZ airline and this redemption? Like I already knew basically, like, I don't want to say I knew everything because of course none of us do, but I feel like I was already an expert in this space because it had been my hobby for so long that it was just like a very easy thing for me to do because, and also because I was freelancing for them and it was a little bit less formal. I was kind of just able to write the way I speak. So I could talk in advanced terms or I could talk in simple terms and it was just a very, it was a very easy transition. Now I have a full-time job basically doing what I was doing before, but now I work at a personal finance company and my role has a lot more responsibilities. But again, like I completely focus on writing about this topic and cause this is my role. And, you know, as a writer now, um, I definitely write for a different audience because if, you know, I have to think about, okay, if somebody's not an expert, I need to make it easy for people to understand so they're not, they're not overwhelmed or they don't feel excluded. But in general, like by the time that I was already writing about this, I was, I already knew so much because it had been my hobby for so long. That is incredible. And what most of us want, right? Something that we love to do and we can actually create income from that. So now that you are a professional writer, and this is something obviously you didn't sought out to do, and it, in some way it fell into your lap and it just became 
your main thing, your main bread and butter. What are some of the tips that you can give us for someone who is really interested in writing? They don't know how to get started. How do you actually make this a sustainable lifestyle for yourself, Elena? Because you talked about freelance writing. It's kind of like feast and famine for a lot of writers out there, right? And a lot of creatives. How do you make this so it becomes more, you know, for for a lot of people stable, right? that they always have stable writing jobs and they're not constantly pitching every single time. Now, obviously that's understandable when you're just starting out, but in long terms, how can this become more of the main thing that they can do? So um, it's hard for me to answer that question because by trade, I'm not a writer. By trade, I'm a CPA. I've spent my entire career in banking where theoretically I was writing like investment theses, but it was very different, right? It was like very formulaic writing about companies' financial health. So I never sought out to be a writer. I'm just like a very techie, nerdy person that's good in math. Writing just happens because the hobby to educate the masses about this hobby, the main way to do that is through a written medium. So in a way, I'm writing in a very conversational style about a fun topic. So it's not very difficult for me because, again, I'm writing about a topic that I already know. When I was freelancing, of course, I was making pennies compared to what I was making when I worked in banking in New York. But at the time, I wasn't really thinking about it from like a financial standpoint. I don't know what writers make graduating from school with a journalism degree. Like that's a completely different world to anything that I've ever known. And again, because my writing job is about a very nerdy niche topic, I have no idea how that compares to other writing jobs at all. Yeah, that would be really difficult for me to answer just because I'm not a writer by trade. (laughs) But it allowed you to do it. And I think one of the things that you mentioned before is someone knew someone and it's just part of your network. And I think it's just putting yourself out there and allowing people to know what it is that you like to do, what your expertise is on. And you would be so surprised how many people actually watch you listen to what you say. So that's such an important thing to do. But I love that you came through this type of industry in such an organic way and it really just fell in your hands at the right time at the right moment and you've already been writing for a little bit of time as well so love that with you Elena what has been for you since you've been doing this for a really long time and you know looking into the future about maybe 30 to 40 years from now What do you want your legacy to be and what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, that is a very good question. Um, What do I want my legacy to be? I guess I want to be remembered as somebody who... um, So I like to stick up for the underdog. I don't like it when I see people unable to achieve success based on whatever telling them that they can't I don't know if like I don't even know how to put this into words because I've never even thought about it which is kind of crazy but I think coming from my experience of feeling like like I didn't have a choice in a way even though of course I did I you know I grew up in New York I had a four-year university education I worked in finance right like I had opportunities of course I worked hard for all of them but in a way, it's almost like stupid, right? Because I worked for all these opportunities that 
I didn't even want. I was like working for something I didn't want. And I would say like, if I was to give somebody advice about like what to do, it would be like, okay, just follow your part and just do what you want to do as opposed to what society is telling you to do. You know, like don't do something just because it looks good on paper because life is not going to be satisfying. Like even talking about networking, right? Like how you mentioned that I was networking with people. I didn't even think of it as networking, right? Like I just thought of it as like me being myself with my friends. Like I never sought out specific ways to like market my skills. But then when I think about networking, I think about like when I worked in finance and I would go to some of these like hedge fund events and like talk to people over drinks and have these like conversations that, you know, like I was like, why am I even here? Because I just wasn't interested in it. So I guess like I would just always want people to think of me as somebody who just like, like, I want people to say like, okay, she did things her way. Like, yes, she, she just, just kind of like made her own path, if that would make any sense. Yeah, I love that. And that's one of the best things about having that type of life, right, is knowing that the decisions you made in your life was your own decision and no one forced you to do it. It was something that you really loved to do. And I think once we realize that, because oftentimes we want to please everyone, we want to please everyone else, and we're not doing that for ourselves. And that's why we become so miserable, even though we have all of the things that we think we should have in order to be happy. And then at the end of the day, it's actually making us so miserable. So yeah, love that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I have some very rapid fire questions for you, Elena, before we let you go. You can only answer with one sentence or less. So are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) all right so first question what has been the best money you have spent abroad and why um can I come back to that one I don't even know (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely all right next one what superpower would you want to have and what would it be and why oh to better know what people are feeling oh that's so that I could be so that I could be more situationally aware and like more empathetic. All right. Next one. What is the best location do you think someone can live in as a remote worker or a digital nomad? Best location, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Um, it's great weather. There's a huge community. You have all the conveniences of, you know, like a big supermarket, a gym, yoga classes, the beaches right there, a ton of restaurants that accept credit cards. There's like Starbucks if you want that a bunch of co-working spaces, hotels, hostels, beautiful places to see all around that area. It's just like one of the best locations for digital nomads. Love it. Yes. Playa del Carmen is an amazing spot, actually. So many things to do there. And the food is so good. I love food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So when you travel, Elena, what are two things that really draw you to a place and what keeps you going back? Um, what draws me is just like how I feel inside when I'm there. I can't even like put it into words. It's just the specific feeling. And if I feel it when I'm there, I stay longer. I always book one-way tickets. I never book anything beyond that because I don't even know where I'm going to be. Like right now I'm in part of Ayarta, but I'm going to Playa on Sunday because I want to be there. So I would say an intangible quality. And what keeps me coming back is just like wanting more. 
Love that. And last question, what is the one thing you wished you knew before going into the journey that you have now? To trust myself more. Love that. I think that's a lot of all of our we wished, right? I I think especially when we're young, like we're so unsure of ourselves. (laughs) Exactly. And we do a lot of things, right, that you know, out of fear or we don't do things out of fear. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we'll go back to your first question, Alina. What has been one of the best things or the best thing that you have spent while abroad, money-wise? Money spent abroad. Okay. I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't even know because I feel like I don't buy stuff when I'm traveling because I travel with so many toiletries that my luggage is always so heavy that I'm like, I can't add one other thing. So if I buy something, it's like a teeny pair of earrings or like a a little dress that could like roll up really small. So I never buy anything abroad. And I think also because New York has like the best sales and then I could stack all the promotions and get all the points from using credit cards. So I just like try to save all my shopping for when I'm in New York. So that's a really, it's a, yeah, that's hard one for me to answer. (laughs) (laughs) What about experiences? Have you spent any money on experiences? It doesn't have to be items. Yeah. Um, experiences, I would say when I was in Brazil in Jericho Coara, so Jericho Coara is this like tiny little hippie town, great for kite surfing on the Northern coast of Brazil. And I remember one day we went like dune buggy rides through the sand dunes. So it's like this little town is surrounded by a giant sand dune and you could rent, um, like a little, I don't, I don't know if they're called like ATVs or dune buggies or whatever you call those cars where like you could put four people and, but there's no like windows or roof. You just stand. And we rented those and we drove all around and like going really fast. And then we drove to the beach and it was just incredible. Just one of the most beautiful views, completely surreal, just being in Brazil on that water. It was just, I would love to go back to that town and to do that again. Love that. Yes, that sounds like a really great experience to have and definitely feels like best money spent, right? Because that's something that you definitely can't do anywhere else except for that area. So I love that. Thank you so much, Elena, for joining us today. We really appreciate you. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? They could find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is the Miss Miles, T-H-E. M-I-S-S-M-I-L-E-S. And then I'm also on Clubhouse under the same handle. And then my website is the same, themissmiles.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Elena. We really appreciate you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Elena. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to travel for free using miles and points. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing, to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. 
I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.